Hey guys, welcome back to the show, The Takeaway. I'm your host, Daniel Messersmith. If you're new, thanks for joining. For everybody who tunes in and has listened before, thank you so much for listening and your support and your love. It goes a long way and it definitely keeps me positive and uh, just hopeful for the future of this podcast and where we're going and what the future holds for just topics and guests, which I have some stuff to break down before we get into tonight's session. Uh, first and foremost, I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. Um, it's Sunday night here. Let me just say the first week of daylight saving time is not the best. It's not fun. I have been exhausted all week. Um, I want to in bring to light last uh, week's episode with Caleb. If you haven't given a listen, give it a listen. But if you notice, if you listen, I cough a lot. It's because I had uh, some allergies, light allergies going on, and I was stuffed up that day. So sorry about the continual coughing throughout the episode. I promise I feel better today. Um, guys, um, we I have a few things to um, talk about before we get into tonight's session. First off, I have started and decided to design my own t-shirts the first phase of merchandise for the podcast if you are interested i will post a picture of a sample of what the shirt's going to look like in terms of design and uh what uh, you'll be wearing if you choose to purchase one it'll be 25 dollars a t-shirt um and i'm really really excited about it if you are interested you can DM on any of the social media outlets at the Takeaway 2023 on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also reach uh, me through email at the Takeaway, uh, Takeaway 2023 at yahoo.com. Sorry. But yeah, I'm really, really excited about this. Our first design actually came in uh, this weekend, and I, I got to see a firsthand look at it, and it looks really good. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, very impressive. Uh, so. Like I said, if you're interested, you can reach out in those uh, avenues. Um, I hope you guys decide to. They're really, really cool. What it'll be is the designs on the front, the logo for the takeaway, and then on the back is a QR code where you can scan it and get right to the podcast because I want to make this as easy uh, for easy access for everybody. So, but yeah, and then also, guys, the guests in the future are looking really good. I have a couple people uh, in the future that I am working hard at getting on the show to share their story. And um, I want to say thank you for the last few guests who have been on, uh, Caleb, Nick. Uh, it's Thank you guys so much for coming on the show again. It's been so much fun. And it looks the, the future of the podcast but when it comes to guests, guys, I've I'm really working hard to bring on a variety of people with variety of backgrounds and stories and experiences. And I, I can't wait. Um, and I can't wait for other podcasts that I can join too. So um, another thing I wanted to shout out is this weekend was my wife's birthday. Um, happy birthday. Uh, we had a wonderful weekend, great weekend. It's been really fun. So happy birthday to my wife, my love, and I hope you had a great weekend with me. <laughs> uh, guys, 
so I, if you know about a couple episodes back on Survey Says, I sent out a questionnaire. And a lot of people were able to get their questions in. And I had one person last minute hand in their questions or their answers for their questions. And I promised that person I would try to make room in my podcast episode for them. And this comes from Tracy. Uh Tracy, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and sending in your answers. Um, for the first question, where am I most happiest? Tracy says, spending time with people I care about most. My son, family, friends, work, family. I'm also happy when I go on walks in the park where I'm alone with my thoughts. While I'm getting some physical exercise, the beach and being outdoors makes me happy. Uh, for some goals in Tracy's personal life, she says to become more financially stable, pay off debt, to start saving, to buy a house, to also be the best mother to my son and be able understanding, be understanding of his decisions as he steps into this new chapter of his life. He will be graduating in May. Congratulations. And physical health. Exercise several days a week. Eat healthier. Volunteer my time in a way that will impact others. Be kind and uplifting to everyone I come in contact with. Give back where I can. Always be grateful for everything that God has blessed me. And stop complaining. Those are some amazing goals. I think I could take a few of those too and run with it. Uh, Tracy, uh, for advice, she would tell her younger self. Tracy says, choose joy. Be kind. Be present in the moment. Love people. Have integrity. Don't get caught up in the negativity or negative drama. When people show you who they are, believe them. If you're not happy with your life, move. You're, you're, not ha- you're not a tree. Learn to be happier with yourself. Focus on your goals. Don't lose yourself. Chasing other people and their approval. Stay strong. Be brave. You are not the product of your circumstances. You are a product of your decisions. Don't make excuses. Always give 100%. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Always do what's right. Know what you stand for. The only way you fail is to quit. Mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Those are inspirational and amazing answers. Thank you, Tracy, for sending those in. Guys, I want to get into um, the main part of this uh, session. Tonight, it's just me and you um, for, for this one. And I actually had this session in mind a while back, and I thought I'd be push it a little further, but because I didn't have anything lined up for this week, I thought it was the perfect time to bring it up and to talk about it. The title of tonight's session is going to be Connect the Dots. And you might be thinking, are we playing games? No, we are not playing games. It's actually a serious session. And tonight we're going to be talking about connecting with people, how we can more effectively do that, and how we can be better at just being better. I want to first say before we get into this, I have a hard time connecting with people, not necessarily because I have a hard time liking people. I struggle with social anxiety and there's sometimes I can be socially awkward. And I was raised in a family that sort of kind of in a way isolated me from the outside world and not in a matter of locked me up, but I didn't get as much opportunities to make mistakes in the social arena and learn from those mistakes. It was one of those crazy things where it was, I was out there, I made a mistake, I got reined back in, you've shut off any future opportunities of 
you know, learning from that. And I just want to say to everybody out there, you're going to make mistakes when it comes to people. People say the wrong things. People do the wrong things. People portray things in a certain way that they didn't mean. It's one of those kind of puzzle uh, riddling things where we kind of just have to either not take it too seriously or if we truly need to know and we truly need closure and answers on a certain thing, ask. Be honest. Be, uh, you know, just open and bold. You know, there's so many times where I, I, I have to catch myself because I start kind of giving myself my own pep talk. And if you don't know, that can sometimes be the worst idea for some of us is giving ourselves a, a talk of, oh, I guess they meant this or, oh, I guess they meant that. When in reality, they didn't mean any of those things. They just said something and it came across awkward and it came across in a way they didn't mean to hurt you. And we have to kind of step out of the mentality of everybody's trying to hurt me. Everybody's trying to say things the wrong way. And we have to rationalize it. Something that I struggle with, but I do plan on getting better and working at and breaking down those you know, conversations in my head. We can get all in our head about certain things and then we are just snowballed and it's this massive, big ordeal and we end up villainizing people who have zero reason to be villainized and it when we get into our thoughts and when we get into that state of mind it can get really messy so tonight i want to kind of break down these five articles that i came across that were very interesting and one of the big things is there are two types of people you're introverts and extroverts and i kind of wanted to give room to explore those uh two uh, parties and kind of bring together and wrap up how they can coexist and how just because you're a certain way or your disposition is different than somebody else doesn't mean you can't get along and that we can't connect. So in an article by Scientific American called Why Are We Wired to Connect, scientist Matthew Lieberman uncovers the neuroscience of human connections and broad implications for how we live our lives. One of the questions he was asked was, you would argue that our need to connect socially is powerful, but just how powerful is it? He responds with different cultures have different beliefs about how important social connection and interdependence are to our lives. In the West, we like to think of ourselves as re relatively immune to sway of those around us while each pursue our own personal destiny. But I think this is a story we like to tell ourselves rather than what really happens. Across many studies of mammals, from the smallest rodent all the way to us, humans, the data suggests that we are profoundly shaped by our social environment and that we suffer greatly when our social bonds are threatened or severed. When this happens in childhood, it can lead to long-term health and educational problems. What is the connection between physical pain and social gain? Why is this insight important? Languages around the world use pain language to express social pain. She broke my heart. He hurt my feelings. But this could have all just been a metaphor. As it turns out, it's more than a metaphor. Social pain is real pain. With respect to understanding human nature, I think this finding is pretty significant. The thing that causes us to feel pain are things that are evolutionary, recognized as threats to our survival. And the existence of social pain is a sign that evolution has treated social connection like a necessity, not a luxury. 
one of the things when I'm reading this article that really spoke out to me was actually that part about social pain. I think what happens is we get all in our feelings, like I was saying before, and we end up taking things the wrong way. Now, does that mean there are some true form of words that say what they mean and, and they literally are bluntly obvious? Yes. But sometimes when we say things or people say things to us and we twist it around, we make it fit our own current situation. So, for example, if my wife comes up to me and says, you know, you give up too easily. Maybe she's not meaning that in retrospect in a whole of I give up easily is you just give up on life. You quit every time things get hard. Maybe she's just saying for this situation, I'm giving up too easily and I need to put a little bit more of my all into it. When people say things like that, and it can be said anywhere at work, at home, at church, in your social clubs, no matter where it is, your best friends, we have to, in our head, break down those words and rationalize them. One of the biggest things that I've been communicating with when I started going to counseling was about rationalizing my thought process. We need to really take inventory of our thoughts and take inventory of what we're allowing in our thoughts and how we could do better at not allowing certain things to take over and become dominant. In retrospect, there are some things that we have to face, like the truth, and some truths that we tell ourselves could be actual true. But some of the truths, quote truths, we tell ourselves are actually a fantasy and what things we'd like to believe, want to believe, or we just disassociate from them and we choose not to believe those things at all. You might be saying, well, you're saying a lot of information. Well, that's because I think we all kind of have to do this all in our head. And it takes a little bit longer for me explaining this, but in reality, when we do this in our head, it takes a mirror seconds. And a full-on conversation with somebody, especially when it's about something that's conflict-prone, uh, maybe it's telling somebody they didn't do as good a job as something, maybe it's sitting down and having the we-need-to-talk talk. Don't you love those? The ones that they look at you like, you know, we need to talk, and they're not laughing, <laughs> and you try to subtly bring humor in? Yeah, I get those. So I think... In every aspect of our conversation, in every opportunity we get, there is moments that we're going to have to rationalize. And connecting with people, is that is the biggest factor. Because we can't really connect if we're too busy fighting the other person in our head. We're carrying on this emotional battle with them because of something they said. And it's just driving a heavier and bigger wedge in between them, and then you just disassociate and you don't want to connect with them at all. Let me break into the introvert and extrovert part of this conversation, though, in, the, in this session. According to Incorporated.com, introverts actually understand people way better than extroverts, according to a Yale study. This is a, actually a very interesting topic. Uh, I, I'm sorry, interesting article. The breakdown of this study actually goes into giving strength and giving 
the introvert its day and allowing it to kind of show up and show that, hey, we're not all bad. I'm actually an introvert. I used to be an extrovert, but I became an introvert after a lot of things that happened to me. I became more quiet, reserved, and kind of held back a little bit. So introverts, uh, according to a Yale study, shows that introverts may not enjoy people, but they understand them better. So one of the things that an introvert is allowed to sit back and really digest and see the behaviors of other people around them and then break down those behaviors and really get to know that person while just studying them. Maybe not even having a full-on conversation with them, but just studying them and seeing their behaviors and how they act around people. You know, I find myself doing that a lot. You know, when I'm in a room full of people, I won't say a word. You can ask my wife. I usually don't say much. I'll say one or two words unless I'm asked. And I just take the time to understand those people by watching them, how they talk. Do they use hand gestures? Do they make eye contact? How do they say certain words? When they're talking about something that they like, how does their inflection change? And when they talk about something that maybe isn't as interesting, watch how their posture and disposition changes in that way. It's so interesting. It sounds so weird, but introverts actually do this. Introverts are better at natural psychology. So basically introverts are better at being counselors and they're better at kind of getting to talk to people. So according to this article, psychologists spend huge amounts of energy developing and carrying out studies to better understand the intricacies of human behavior. Turns out they could probably save themselves a lot of time just by asking the wallflower, observing everyone from the corner at parties. That's true. I've been in those situations where I'm at a party, I'm at a dance or something, and I'm not participating. So I take that time to study everybody else and watch how everybody else is. Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm exhausted. (laughs) And you can begin to kind of pull different clues and different behaviors and maybe be like, huh, maybe if I'm a little more like this in this area, or maybe I'm a little bit more like this in that area. And you not copy that person, but you digest those things. And then you begin to kind of output them and show them off a little bit in your own way. According to the Yale study, introverts spend more time observing the behaviors of others, like we said, and they bring undervalued skills to leadership. So usually when we're picking a leader, have you ever, do you remember maybe being out on the kickball field or the softball field when you're a kid and you have to pick it? pick a team captain maybe for it's dodgeball or something like that sport that requires a team captain who'd you usually pick usually maybe pick the one that was the best at what they did because you knew at the bottom of the ninth inning you had two people out the bases were full you wanted the cleanup hitter to be your leader the guy to bring it all home to wrap it all up to just end the game most of the time when we pick leaders we pick the most extroverted outgoing social butterfly right because at the end of the day 
you know that person's really going to be out there. They're not going to shy away. They're going to be out. They're going to be surrounded by you. You know, the, you, you can go up and talk to them and carry on a conversation. And the enthusiasm, they bring it. They bring the enthusiasm. However, this article and this study contradicts that theory. Usually, we pick those people. However, introverts give way to being undervalued leaders and they bring uh such a ton of just quiet energy i'd like to call it quiet energy it's so telling when the quiet person in the room finally has a voice when everybody else is quiet everybody else has shared their thoughts everything's on the table except the quiet man in the room and that person opens their mouth and speaks, you will hear some of the most amazing, some of the most powerful, some of the most changing information that comes out of that person's mouth. Because they've watched everybody else in the room. And usually we say the first thing that comes to mind. We say the first thing. But the introvert, has a voice at the end and they bring home all of those ideas consolidate all of them and then they might bring something that totally hits it out of the park that's the most amazing things about being a quiet person being a quiet leader now you might be thinking you know well so i guess because i'm a loud person i don't have that no you bring so much to the table too extroverts bring a lot to the table extroverts they connect better they do they connect really well however just because you're quiet just because you're more laid back just because you hold back a little bit more you rein in your emotions you rein in what you have to say doesn't make you you know out of the picture doesn't exclude you from being a connecting kind of person it doesn't exclude you from making those are connections and relationships it actually propels you because at the end of the day those people around you know you're not going to just say what's on your mind you're going to say something that ties everything together and brings everybody into this space to then you know just kind of seal the deal and seal the room so at the end of the day, when people ask you, why are you so quiet? Why are you, you know, why are you you? You can answer with, you know, because I am. That's the way you're made. And when you find your identity in Christ and you find your identity through who he created you to be. You begin to kind of step in a whole new realm. And you don't have to worry about comparing yourself to other people. You know, for the longest time, I would walk into a room full of young people, teenagers, whoever. And I would instantly find the person that was the coolest, maybe the most popular, had the most friends in my opinion, had the biggest circle around them. 
and go, man, I wish I was like that person. <laughs> but you only see those people in that environment. You only see those people in that atmosphere. Because they don't take those people home with them. They don't take that circle of friends home with them. They don't, maybe don't bring that enthusiasm home with them. So at the end of the day, we're comparing ourselves to people who are like a certain way in a certain environment. <laughs> and we want to be them. But you don't have to work so hard to be that other person. You don't have to work so hard to be someone you're not. Don't be an introvert when you're an extrovert. And don't be an extrovert when you're an introvert. If you want to really connect with people and you want to step out and you really want to make friends or whatever that is and you want to better at being being connected with other people and being able to walk in a room and not kind of you know just scurry out the door be the quickest out the door one of the first things is be comfortable with you if you can be alone with you and be okay you'll be okay with other people because you won't worry so much about blending in. You know, you're not worried so much about trying to work so hard at being a chameleon. You're you. According to IdeaPod, why can't I connect with people? Here are seven key reasons. Number one, in the wrong crowd. Number two, too social media focused. Social media has got us wrapped up, guys. It has got us wrapped. Every time we look into social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, we compare ourselves instantly. I'm so guilty of it. I might watch a celebrity on TikTok. I follow quite a few, you know, celebrities, and, and I might look and go, man, I wish I looked like him, or I wish I had that lifestyle. But then I kind of have to bring myself down to earth and back down on the ground and be like, well, if I had that, would that make me happier? Would that help me escape my problems that I'm facing? Or no? Would that make it worse? Number three, always too busy. Life is so busy right now. I'm busy with this podcast and different things. And I have to apologize to some people sometimes for not making time to check in with them. Uh, and I try my best. You're busy, I'm busy, we're all busy. But are we busy doing things for other people or are we busy doing things for us? Because if we're too busy doing things for us, what can we eliminate from that list to help us give room to invite other people in? You know, guys, I, I'm so excited about this new opportunity I signed up to volunteer for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. They have... Uh, here in my location, in my area, uh, they have events that happen, and I, I threw my hat in the ring to, you know, volunteer. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back or saying, you know, who I'm such a good person. I, I'm sharing that as an example of make room for other people and to get involved. You know, my job has a Habitat for Humanity. Um, you know, just it's we don't have to live a nine to five life. There's so many other opportunities out there. There's so many other ways we can get involved in people's lives that, you know, there are. Just Google. Pull up your Google search engine and type it in. Ways I can volunteer. Ways I can help other people in my community. 
even if that's bringing homeless people blankets, even if it's bringing water over to a friend or helping a friend out with a project or fix their car or taking someone out to eat or there's so many ways that we can step out of ourselves and help. Life is busy. We're all busy. We all have jobs. We're all doing different things. Some of you may have kids and, you know, you got kids, you got means, means you have after school activities, you got games, you got hobbies, you got meetings, you got parent teacher conferences, you got so many different things going on. What can we eliminate? Just one thing. What can we eliminate to help other people? It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to take a lot of energy or a lot of money. It could just be one little thing. Number four, too focused on your personal flaws. This is a big one, guys. We look at ourselves and go, well, there's something wrong with me because I'm not like the other person. That is going to hold you back in so many ways. That's going to ruin future opportunities for you to connect with other people. Don't worry about your personal flaws. Don't focus on them. We have them. We all have them, believe it or not. I have them, you have them, your friends have them. We can all pull the card of let's name everybody's flaws and we probably get it on fleek, depending how well we know that person. But if we focus on them, is that also giving way for energy to pursue a stronger relationship with other people? You know, you don't want to sell yourself with all your flaws. In a, in a way, right? You don't want to walk up to somebody, hey, I'm so-and-so, by the way, I, I suck at this, I don't do this right, I struggle with this and this, and, and we make a list for those people. No, when we meet people, we say, hey, I'm so-and-so, I know you through this, or we struggle with a conversation of commonality. We don't share our flaws. So why do we let ourselves share them with us? And why do we let them hold us back from connecting with other people? Number five, focusing on the negative in people. It is so difficult to be friends with people. And at a certain point in the friendship, you just go, you know what? You're this and this. Because it's just how it goes, right? We eventually, when we get to know the person, we know all the good. We know all the bad. And there's a time and a place to address those things. But if you're really wanting to connect and you really want to make friends, you want to build your social circle and strengthen it, the first thing you have to let go of is that people are not perfect. People make mistakes. And if you can't handle that, you won't be able to, to have connections. You won't be able to accept somebody. You know... Jesus loves us despite everything we've done, we do, and we are going to do. He loves us regardless of our mistakes, our choices we make, the lifestyle we choose. He loves us regardless. If Jesus treated us the way we treat other people, we all be in big trouble. And I think that we should love people. Maybe not love people what they're doing if it, it doesn't align with our beliefs or so we don't have to love what they're doing but we are commanded to love them in general as a whole and that's one of the hardest things it's so hard 
right? Because people get on our nerves. People do things that get on our nerves. But at the end of the day, they're people, you're a person. What really gives you the right to decide who and you're choosing not to love? I'm not saying go out there and just start giving random strangers hugs. Although that would be nice because I could be one of those strangers and I could get a hug. But I'm saying is it doesn't cost a lot to be nice to somebody. It doesn't cost a lot to share with somebody. You know, I'm trying a lot to break out of my shell and connect with other people, get to know them. And maybe they don't leave the same way I do, think the same way I do. And it's really hard because you're like, all you have to do is think like me. But if everybody was like you, the world would be boring, right? So, because, I mean, I'm not saying you're boring, but if everybody thought the exact same way as you, like the exact same things, did the exact same thing, it would get pretty boring. There would be no variety. I know for a fact if everybody was like me, we'd all be in trouble. Because the world would be full of just nothing but hot wing stores and comic book stores. So, <laughs> but we have to let go of the theory and the fantasy of you know, if you're not like me, I can't be friends with you. Yeah, my best friends are so different than I am. We're best friends and we love each other to the day we die. So it's okay that people are different than you. It's okay that you think differently. Because at the end of the day, we're commanded to love. And if we keep trying to see the negative in other people, how is that going to uplift them and build them up? If every time we come in contact with somebody, we instantly filter them. We, like, hold an x-ray screen over them. You know you know how when the doctor takes an x-ray, he sees the broken bones. He sees all the fractures. He sees the inside, the internal system. I feel like that's what we do emotionally. We stop. We pull out our x-ray system. We scan it over people. We go, red flag, red flag. Don't like that. Don't like that. Oh, yeah, I can't do it. Can't go on. And we stop them and rob them before they even get past go, really. So, and they didn't ask for that. They didn't ask for, you know, that scanning, that, you know, filtering. Some people just really just want to be loved. Maybe they've been through relationships and, and friendships that really hurt. That doesn't mean that. They are, they should be robbed of that, you know? So we have to stop trying to find the negative in everything and everybody and every situation and friendship because that's a good way to kill it. Number six is bad at listening. This one is hard because we get caught up in our head and then somebody will start talking and it's just like, what did you say? We all want to be heard. We all have something to say. We all have something unique to say. And maybe that person has the most boring topics to ever talk that you've ever heard in your life. But they still have a voice. They're still a person. And if you want to be able to grow and strengthen that, then you have to be better at listening. You have to be able to hear what they're saying. 
and not try to have the answer to everything. Sometimes listening is this the best thing you can do for that person. And I know with my wife and I, you know, I don't do as well as listening as I should. I should work on it. I know. Um, but in a relationship, in a marriage, and just in general, you know, you might not have anything, might not be in a relationship or best friends with people, but I know that if my boss walked up to me tomorrow and said, I need you to do A, B, C, and D, and I wasn't listening, he's not going to like that very much. So it's a natural skill that we have to be better at just to have the basic connections and to get through the basic necessities of life in exchanges is to be better listeners. Number seven, the last and final one, emotionally unavailable. If you aren't there, if you're absent emotionally and you're somewhere else while you're in the same room with somebody, they're going to catch on to it. They're going to figure it out. And... It's going to deaden any future relationship you have, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a, a spouse, whether it's a best friend, maybe it's your own family. Being emotionally unavailable is one of the key things you have to have to be better at. Maybe you are struggling. Maybe you're you're not good at being emotionally there because every time that you try to be there for somebody, they cut you down, they left, they didn't stay, maybe that somebody was like that to you, and maybe, you know, you just find out, eventually you just gave up. But life gets really lonely, and right at the rate the world is going, we need friends. And we need somebody that's going to be there through the good and the bad. And those seven things I just listed, especially the seventh one, you have to be present. You have to be there. If you want to stay at the surface with your relationships, it's just a hi, how are you? How is your week? That's it. Sure. Maybe 75% of these don't apply to you. Don't apply to that kind of relationship. But even in those relationships, you have to have obtained some sort of level of a absent, uh, uh, non-absent mind and Minus, and B, you're going to have to want to. So even in that surface relationship where you don't owe them anything, they don't owe you anything, it's just a surface thing, there is still a level of mutual respect there that even allows that room. But when it comes to deep connections and really getting to know somebody else, there has to be a strong give or take. And like I said, the biggest killers are social media and everybody's busy. Everybody's running. I mean, you just take a look at the highway. Everybody's going somewhere. Nobody has time. You know, I've always wanted to live somewhere in a, in a city where people made time. You know, <clears throat> to kind of wrap all this up, um, I've been to New York City. I actually have another podcaster friend who is from New York. Uh, 
and she actually lives there. So nothing bad about New York, I just want to say. But I've been to New York City, and I went when I was really young. And I can tell you, I don't know how people have friends there. <laughs> I don't know how connections happen there. Because just going there for about a week, we were there for about a week, not one person stopped to talk. Not one person took time to say hello, goodbye. None of that. It was so loud emotionally. And it was so loud physically. And it was busy. It was busy. It was occupied. People were going, coming and going. You know, stores, you know, were ringing up that those price tags. And people were buying and selling. And taxi cabs up and down. It was just exchange transactional relationships temporary and transactional if i had to describe new york city my experience in new york city it was a beautiful city you know we see it on the big screen all the time at the movies new york city you know the empire state the statue of liberty um no the statue of liberty's head was not off like in cloverfield just want to clarify that one um but it was transactional and temporary relationships all around. We can have relationships like that. We are. We do. You know, when we go to fast food restaurants, right? We order, we pay, we're done. But I think life is so much more than just, I only need 30 seconds of your time. And that's it. You know, people are worth getting to know. People have stories. People have experiences. People have things they need to say. People hurt. And you might just be the remedy in that moment for that person. You know. And my mom is great at it. My mom is great at, you know, connecting with other people. Uh, Everywhere she goes, she smiles. She laughs really loud. You can always know it's my mom when you're in a room. She always strikes up a conversation with somebody. She gets along with some everyone. And not everybody is, you know, she's not everybody's cup of tea. But, you know, I always strive to be more like her in that scenario. You know, just being able to connect easily. I have a harder time connecting with people. I have, still have some walls up, you know. But to kind of wrap everything up. And I know I went on a lot of information, a long tangent, and a lot of information there. I hope you guys aren't – I didn't run anybody off. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to say, you know, life is really short. We're not promised tomorrow. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to scare my listeners. But life is short. I mean, we it's been proven every day. We wake up and, you know, we never know. So why not try to get to know the person? You know, tomorrow, challenge yourself. That person you see that pay, that rings you up for your soda or your sandwich or whatever, challenge yourself. Step out of your box and you ask them. Even if it's simple, how's your day going or how was your weekend? Did you catch a game? You know, March Madness is going on right now. Use it to your advantage. Strike up a conversation. If you're not a basketball person, find something. Take the time to get to know somebody. Because, like I said, people are worth knowing. 
And you might not have a lifelong friendship or relationship, but that's okay. It's not about that. It's about that moment and being there in the moment because you never know who you're going to meet. And if you give someone room and allow them and make space for them in your busy life, imagine if we all did that every day to somebody. Imagine a little bit how much more positive the world is. So if I leave you with anything, I leave you with that. Even if you didn't maybe understand anything else I said, I leave you with that because that's the most important. But guys, thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully next week, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't want to promise anything. I do want to have guests on more frequently um, because it gets kind of lonely talking by myself. Um, But no, these heart-to-heart moments, I really appreciate. I don't take for granted. I love having these one-on-one moments with just you and and me and getting to share what's on my heart. Thank you again always for listening. I'll post all the social media links below. If you're interested in purchasing a t-shirt, make sure you reach out to takeaway2023 at yahoo.com or any of the social media outlets. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful wonderful week, and I hope uh, to catch you on the next episode and that you tune in for the next one on next week. But until then, stay safe. You guys are loved. I love you. God loves you. And let's make this week the best week ever. All right. Take this moment, put aside and see